Welcome to episode 104 of Nobody Special. This episode, we talk about progressive sanctification and genuine theology. The Gospel Post presents Nobody Special. Hey everyone, welcome to Nobody Special, two nobodies talking about the somebody who matters. I'm Danny, the host and chief sinner of Nobody Special. And I'm Caleb, you're the host of Nobody Special. This is a podcast where two generations of people talk about God, pop culture, politics, and everything in between, all while not taking any of it too seriously. Hello, Caleb. Hello. Hi. Every time we do this intro, I've, I've actually been doing this for the past mm, 20 episodes. In my head, I've been saying... Mm-hmm. Oh, a buttery flaky crust. Buttery flaky crust. Buttery fake because of the 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 commercial where that yeah. old guy just can't seem to say it. And and both of us have actually gotten pretty good at this, but yeah. I do just expect a, one of us to say like, "Hi, I'm the buttery flaky crust of nobody special." Yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, Caleb, we just got out of a social event, which was really cool for both of us to have even attended. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Okay, where were we? What were we doing? And how delicious was it? We were at Cold Stone Creamery, mm-hmm. ice cream. Uh huh. And we were going to a little get together for people who support Redline Church, mm-hmm. and they're an awesome church out in Encinitas, California. Yep. A recent church plant, as of August 2019, is when they got started, and it was good to have them back in town. So, yep. Yeah. And we plugged them on the uh, podcast a couple times before this. but And, and we'll do it again now. Please <laughs> yeah. go support Redline Church yes. in Encinitas. They're fantastic. And Pastor Clifton and I, wow, hold on. That's <laughs> that's a sentence. <laughs> There's some sentences that you don't realize how they sound if I've known him since I've been five. Like yeah. Pastor Clifton and I. Ooh, that is kind of weird. Yeah. Anyway, Pastor I've known him Clifton. since uh, elementary school. His wife, Katie, same thing. Her and I actually went to high school together also yeah. ago, way back. And it's really, I don't know, man. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. All of us are like, all right. Our, of our friend group, um, three of us became uh, church staff or pastors. Mm-hmm. And one of them became an attorney. So it's like, wow. Yeah. Really what weird. Happened there? <laughs> Not sure. Something in the water. Um, but yeah. yeah. So it was it was it was a lot of fun. It's good to catch up on everything they're doing out there. That's a, I mean, just hearing about those challenges they're facing as kind of a cultural difference. It was it was kind of cool to yeah. hear a bit of that because there's, right. um, and and probably probably get into this a bit in the podcast too. But there there had been a ton of uh, of assumptions people carry going into a place that you don't think about having to change until those assumptions don't work. Yeah. You know, and he came out of a a, pre, a pretty biblically well, – I mean, he came out of suburbia in Florida and is planting a church in Encinitas, California. And there's just a bunch of cultural differences between the two that you, that you kind of have to account for and don't understand that you have to account for. And yeah, I was even getting challenged by that. It's like, all right. What things am I just assuming, even in children's men, you know, what am I just assuming? Children's men? Children's ministry. There you go. Kids men. Don't abbreviate things. It sounds dumb. No, I'm (laughs) abbreviating things. So, no, just challenging the assumptions I've held to see if anything is uh, different or better, if Mm -hmm. I can do that along the way. I was was encouraged and challenged by it, to be honest. Yeah. So, um, speaking of challenging assumptions... Robert Pattinson's going to be in the movies again, and now we all have to challenge our basic again. assumption He's been about in the Robert. Movies. Huh? He's been in the movies. Yeah, but... Danny has this weird, like, suspicion that everybody hates Robert Pattinson when I have never heard of that ever. Oh, I think you might be the minority on that one. I don't know. I don't think so. A lot of people, they think Twilight was unforgivable. You think so? Yes. Is that like a joke or are they serious? I've never heard that. I love Robert Pattinson. I've never, like, questioned his acting skills. How old were... When did Twilight come out? When I was, like, 12. Oh, you would have been in the age range. Did you see Twilight? No. I mean, mean, I've seen... I watched them because of my sister, like, I think the first one. mm -hmm. And maybe, like, the last one. People didn't get over the whole sparkly vampire thing. 
Yeah. And they kind of criticized him a ton all throughout those. And then it took him a long time to break that mold. And I, I actually think at this point, he's a phenomenal actor who's done a great job breaking out of that mold and is doing a new movie that I'm kind of pumped for. Yeah. And he was in The Lighthouse, a more uh, artsy, artsy film. Danny wouldn't know about those. Nope. <laughs> Correct. He tries to stay away from them like they're a freaking virus. I, I don't stay away from them. I just don't see them. It's for the same reason I've never been to an in and out. I'm not in the area. Like <laughs> Lighthouse, Robert Pattinson, Willem Dafoe, they're lighthouse keepers. Just came out, but you know, it's all right. Black and white. Four three aspect ratio. <laughs> is it in? It's square, not square, but like it's. Yeah. <laughs> why? It's like it's filmed like an old movie. Old movie. Gotcha. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I no. Like I want to contribute to this, and I can't. I, I think that he's a great are. actor. He's a phenomenal actor. Yeah. And I've never ever heard of anybody questioning him. Him ever. Oh man. <laughs> the Goblet of Fire. Psh, he was dope. Right, but I blame that movie for giving us Twilight. I think so. Had he not been killed and had been in the other movies, he wouldn't have gone on to do Twilight. Anyway, the most important uh, thing he's coming out, and actually he's in another movie, but we're not talking about that, is the new Batman movie. Uh, A lot of set photos have come out, and even some promotional photos. And Caleb and I personally kind of stoked about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... I haven't spent a ton of time digging into it, but how do you think he'll do? I think he's going to do great. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. what – I don't know much besides, like, seeing him in the but costume, but he looks really good in costume. Mm-hmm. That costume is dope, too, mm-hmm. with the little, like, things on his arms. Yeah. And then, like, he has a – it's like the yeah. cowl is like a mask, and then he has, like, a – Oh, cowl. Cowl, not the cow. Yeah. <laughs> like he the works. Cowl. Batman works for Chick fil A. Yes. But it has it's like my this neck thing. To step out in justice. This neck thing going around it. And uh-huh. it's like not like all the other movies where it's yeah. glued to his neck and it's like this one piece. Right. And it's like he can't turn his right. head. <laughs> I mean, Christian Bale complained about that. George Clooney complained about that. Val Kilmer complained about that. And, um,. Uh, Michael Keaton complains like you cannot turn your head in the Batman movie and actually go back watch all of those including the Nolans that are great those are phenomenal movies but if Batman has to turn and talk to someone he doesn't uh, his whole body turns like yes Catwoman I'm over oh so it's over here whoa no Bane's over here Catwoman to Juicy Bane Christopher Nolans was he could actually move his his neck and Ben Affleck. Not in the first one. <laughs> ben Affleck's he can move. It, the crazy mm-hmm. thing about that one is like they designed it really well to right. where like it looks like one piece of a cow. Right. Except he could like still turn his it had head. Range of motion. It, it still wasn't like full the, neck there human was, neck motion, but I think it was Clooney's. It was so. First of all, that movie, hot garbage. Um, like, wow. Uh, Batman and Robin. Yeah, no, hot garbage. But uh, is that the bad nipples one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Whose idea was that? Uh, Joel Schumacher. Man, yeah, Joel. Man. Go, yeah, man. go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, man. But, but the whole, it's one of those movies, it might have actually been the first in uh, uh, Christopher Nolan Batman that the movements are so exaggerated because, you know, A, his face has to be on camera because then it's just a bad shot. Uh, and Batman had to turn to look at someone, so he literally has to like move his whole body, because like my neck is in the position that it's in, yeah, and I cannot. <laughs> like, it's really funny. Has so. to feel kind of like comforting though, like just, I mean maybe not, but your your neck should feel protected in a bat cow. <laughs> it should, but you should also be able to turn and look at things, especially as a ninja who has to fight. Crime. I know, right? Yeah, that's the funny <laughs> part of that. Is. It's like. Oh boy! If a bad guy gets right in my in my horse blinder view, then he's going down. But <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I think Pattinson's going to do a great job. Um, yeah. Personally, I did enjoy Batfleck. I thought he was fine. I thought people yeah. criticized that way too much. He did a great job. Um, so I, I I want DC to. I don't get think anyone had a problem together. with Batfleck. It was more just they Zach. did it first. 
<laughs> the whole Martha first, thing you know. was just like. <laughs> that was a 3 a.m. You know, like, how do we get them to be friends? We and have then, to pitch this tomorrow. Yeah. And I need to come up with something. And the deadline, I'll fix it after I get it approved. And, the, and then it becomes this thing that the studio, the producer, like, no, the Martha connection, solid. It. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the odd thing is, you know, being a fan of the comics and the stories, I never actually put that together, that they're both named Martha. You, why? Why should you have to put right. that together? Right. But, like, I never put it together. And then as they did that, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, both named Martha. Huh, that's fun. Yeah. And then that became the foundation of their friendship. Yeah. But Robert Pattinson, he looks dope. Yeah, um, he, yeah he, absolutely. Just his face can play the part mm-hmm. itself of yeah. Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Yes. I almost said did Bruce you? Banner. <laughs> you I was like, which last name am I going oh. with? Let's roll the dice. Oh. <laughs> Bruce. Something? Jenner? No. Uh, wow. So, um, um, yeah. Yeah. No, that'll be good. I'll go see that. Uh, I stuff to go see Birds of Prey. I'll do that at some point, too. Yeah, that's good. Um, and the Sonic movie and the Star Wars movie. So. Yeah, you, you just. I'm behind. What is it up with you? I don't know. You you should be able to, to go see going these. to the movies, and I still do. I just I gotta find time. I've got to like, like more into it lately, and mm-hmm. like I just don't have the money. <laughs> like man, yeah. I can't justify spending. I've I think been I like have renting free movie movies. tickets, so just go with me. Yeah, if you would actually come, I offered one night, and he was like, "No." You offered one night. What movie was it? No, Un- I wanted, gems. no, I wanted to see Birds of Prey, and you're like, I'm going no. with my other friends. Oh, I'm yeah, like, I did do that. Ugh. And we can't go see Sonic because it'll kill our friend. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, my so roommate we'll has, one. like, super weird headaches yeah. in movie theaters. But And I imagine putting them through a Sonic. I mean, Sonic's got to be hard enough to watch on TV, especially yeah. the games. But um, We have a question from a yeah, listener. We have a hard pivot. <laughs> uh, we have a question from a listener. Yes, we do. Uh huh. Okay, um, do you want to read it? It's from Matthew yeah. H. Matthew H. We won't reveal his identity, so you can't go and murder him. Everything Sorry to in break me it to you. <laughs> is wanting to say his last name right now. Like, <laughs> not for the murder. Sorry, that yeah. sounds like I want to murder. I don't. Danny. Danny actually knows this guy. I I've only met him over podcast questions, mm-hmm. but... and he wants to meet you. So just yeah, come in. I'd love there. to yeah. meet you, Matthew. Yeah, yeah, Matthew. All right. Come Hi. to the movies with us, Matthew. Like, I'm question starting now. <laughs> Hi, you've now been hide. Oh, what? And if you're wondering if I just verbed the word high, the answer is yes. If you're wondering if I've just verbed the word verb, the answer to that would be yes as well. English is weird. Question: Should Christians sin less than non-Christians? In Romans six through eight, Paul seems to say, "Yeah, I keep sinning. I shouldn't, but I do." Hooray for Jesus! What are your thoughts? Good question. I like this question. Yeah. So, gosh, they, it's not that I don't have an answer for this. It's that I have twelve answers for this. So this is like, yeah, a li- there's a lot to. Uh, it's it, it, it's a bit pack. of a kid in a theological candy store going on right now. Um. Yeah. So, for, for starters, I would differentiate between uh, the sin as an act and the sin as a nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a fair amount of those passages in Romans are talking about our nature and propensity to sin. Um, we have a sin nature, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and... and our struggle in coming to Christ is battling that kind of a sin a nature, and it's that thing Christ died on the cross to set us free from in order to also mean we don't have to sin anymore. Yep. We are able to not sin in a grand sense, but in a functionality sense also, it's still really hard. So, yeah. um, I mean, my my quick answer is, Yes, we should not sin as much, but eventually. Yeah. You know? Like. My kind of view on this is like, you know, there's – should we – you know, the question is should we sin less than non-Christians? And I think I think that the answer is 
obviously should be yes, but right. you got to take into account that there's a walk of you know me and Danny are going to get into sanctification, right? And like you know the definition of a Christian is like even the moment they become a Christian, right? They're a Christian, right? Uh, are they going to be sinning more than a Christian who's been a Christian? Right. He's like nine years old, probably. You know. Right. Um, and so it's kind of like you can't. Mm-hmm. The answer is, you know, yeah, we should sin yeah. less. But yeah, I mean, you per- know, there's there's a a road to take. You mm-hmm. know, sure. Like, um, gosh, I wasn't gonna even use this example, but we're gonna go for it. Um, I enjoy the imagery of 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 born again. I mean. You know, as Jesus is, is is talking to the man, saying it's like, "You must be born again." And as mm-hmm. people come to Christ, that is the a moment they are born. And that kind of and that question is kind of the same thing as asking a person who is is born, "Do they still poop their pants?" Right. The answer is they should do it a lot. Well, I mean. They're going to at first, and the hope is that over time, they stop. Um, <laughs> now, I think all of us as adults, and for any children that are paying attention to this, this does occur. <laughs> oh, God. As an adult, you should poop your pants significantly less yeah. than you did as a child. But you still have a sin nature, and sometimes sometimes mistakes happen. That's all sometimes I'm going to say. You like, sometimes you can't make it to the toilet. Sometimes you can't make it to the toilet. And every adult has that story, and I. this is – we're not even on topic anymore. We all have that story. Like, is that a good thing? Absolutely not. Should you know better? Absolutely. Does it still happen from time to time? Absolutely. Yeah. And by time to time, I mean decades in between. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm not saying, like, oh, once a week, you know. Um, but I think that's kind of this idea of of if a person's just come to Christ, yeah, they're born again. They're an infant. Right. They're not up to solid foods. They're up to spiritual uh, milk. And they're not able to do a thing, a person who's been a Christian for 90-plus years of walking out their faith. Right. I mean, it's it's a different... I mean, I think it's like another another kind of form of imagery is I I often like see similarities <laughs> between Christians and dogs. Like a dog, as a puppy, it has its instinct to a be a dog, <laughs> to pee and poop wherever it wants, mm-hmm. to bark at things that it wants to challenge, mm-hmm. and you know it's just it's literally in its nature, and you know we yep. have to train them to right. not do that but it's right. not going to happen immediately yeah um and it's yeah. like eventually they're going to be a great dog but you gotta get work to uh you know mm-hmm. get them to that point and it's kind of the same for us we have this sin nature it is literally embedded inside all of us right to want to do these things right and it's just slowly you know sacrificing and you know letting more jesus into our lives and <coughs> Letting the sin kind of just fall off of us, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. I mean, Hebrews uh, chapter five, eleven through fourteen. As as this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For through by this time you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for mature, is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So part of this is is explaining that they're a person that's come to Christ or is in, in kind of the basic stages of their faith, because I do think someone can come to Christ and then not grow for three decades because of a, a lack of, of kind of discipline or kind of um, bad shepherding, that kind of stuff. I'm okay throwing that shade. Um, but there, there comes a point, though, that drinking out of a spiritual bottle is inappropriate based on the maturity of the christian um Mm. and at first they're gonna just do the thing they're doing and grow in that there's some basic things they have to get in as far as um 
you know, does a Christian do this or do they do this? And partially, I think that's a bad question, but whatever. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's growing in Christ. And I think a lot of times people expect a Christian to be a fully developed Christian immediate um, instead of giving them the time to grow according right. to their faith and extending grace during that process. That is one of the things that I I found a good amount of of places aren't the best in giving people opportunities and time to grow in their faith mm-hmm. um, and giving them grace during that process. Right. Uh, hey, you're Christian now. You have to have everything together. I haven't met one dang Christian <laughs> who has everything together. Yeah. Um, and that's it. I'm not claiming it's okay to sin, but it's okay to be in process and mm-hmm. to be growing towards Christ. I, I think it's important to understand that if a person's trending more and more closer to Christ every day, then that is a good trend and yeah. to keep that up. And it, I mean, it really comes down to intentions and mm-hmm. your intentions should always be, I mean, it's, it's never going to always be, but like to try and mm-hmm. not sin, right? For you know the glory of God, right? And and if you're not intentionally doing mm-hmm. that, I mean, you're gonna mess up. But as right. long as your intentions are focused on God mm-hmm. and trying to sacrifice things for Him, right? You know, you're that's the goal. And yeah, don't let anyone tell you that you know just because you messed up once that you're you're done for and you right. can't you know. Right. Can't get to that place again. I mean, it's, it is. We got to take our hand off the excommunicate button. Yeah. A little, you know, that's not our first weapon. It's like, out of the church, you said a cuss. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. I mean, even bigger stuff, you know, yeah. like things happen. Right. And it's because we are sinful in nature. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just yeah. trying to align or focus with yeah. God's and. And I think to his question, though, um, you know, does a Christian not do as many sins? Well, all right, so so first of all, and I know I've said this before, so I won't harp on it too much. I think the question, is this a sin, isn't the best question, but the better question is, am I growing in Christ um, every day? I think that's a better question because it just takes care of, of the sins. And, mm-hmm. and the idea um, is progressive s- sanctification that a person over time is being purified and made um, or polished more in the image of Christ, uh, in, in in the image of God, and it's becoming one with Christ. Right. Now, this doesn't happen immediate. It is progressive, and I think people drop the progressive part, but it is progressive. I don't come to Christ, and I have been sanctified. Uh, that isn't that term. That term is... Oh, man. I have to turn my degree back in. <laughs> yeah. Totally forgot. Uh, what is the legal... Uh, justified. There we go. Yeah. Sorry. That term is justified. That is a switch. A person is justified or they are not, period. Mm-hmm. A person is sanctified over time. It's yep. a process. And it's a process of coming closer to Christ. And yeah. um, I mean, to be honest, that is part of the reasons I tend to hold and I feel this is biblical and I'm not apologizing for it. I hold pastors and teachers to different standards than I do congregants um, because partially that's biblical and partially because they need to have been in the faith for a longer amount of time than a person who just got baptized two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, if if a pastor gets up there and starts spouting off a lot of nonsense and says, well, I'm just imperfect. Yeah, yeah, but you're also teaching the flock and are a seasoned saint. You need to get it together. Right. Um, and and that's <laughs> – I think that's fair. So – I mean, I think sanctification is mm-hmm. not primarily sinless. It is primarily mm-hmm. growing closer to God. Right. And, and through that, you will find naturally right. – that there will be fruits yeah, growing yeah, on the vine. Us. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah it's, that is yeah. that is the point of of sanctification. Mm-hmm. It's not. I mean, and I find myself, I do worse in this mm-hmm. in my relationship with Jesus when I start focusing on the sinless mm-hmm. aspect. Yeah, and I find that if I'm naturally just reading the Bible, mm-hmm. growing closer to God, praying, um, making sure I'm in community, mm-hmm. you know. 
it is something that just happens right. naturally. And our church does great. Like we have this tool. It's called the discipleship journey tool. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, I wish I could show it. I mean, but it's like for it's like a triangle, and it's kind mm-hmm. of like the the kind of stages of sanctification. And you know, you just kind of use it like mm-hmm. every week to track. You know, how am I doing? Yeah, and. And it's not like, how are you doing on, you know, this and this and this mm-hmm. and it's more, how are you doing in well, your I, relationship with Christ? How are you doing yeah. with being in community and you know, all these different things? I do think there's a place to talk about that, that where it needs to be brought up honest, though, that that might be the only thing I challenge is there do, there, there, there has to be a place a person goes, this is how I'm struggling through sin yeah. um, to, to be honest about that. But that... The idea it isn't to just take a thing out; it's to put Christ in and mm-hmm. and to ask the question of okay, in this kind of sin that I keep going to, that I don't know why I keep going to, where did I stop trusting in the gospel in this? And then even to challenge things that need to be challenged. It talks about if uh, my arm causes me to fall into sin, then cut off the arm. Yeah. Um. And and that can only, I mean, that comes on an honest. All right what is the sin I'm struggling through? Mm-hmm. And then in what way do I glorify God by going to him instead of to this thing? Right. But but the overall goal, it isn't to just not do a sin. It's give God the glory. Yeah. And I think that kind of a difference in directionality and focus is important. Um, yeah. And I think there, I mean, this... there is an honesty in talking about it that is very helpful in, to to be honest about the sin, but to not over focus on it. But you have to right. focus and I on it to that, an extent. Yeah, you can't. And that's, I mean, it's probably the hardest thing for mm-hmm. me in, in my walk is, is the vertical and horizontal relationship. And mm-hmm. I find myself anytime I start focusing on my sin, mm-hmm. like I'm not looking at Jesus, and mm-hmm. it's not like a mutual thing. And it that's probably just me personally. I don't think everyone struggles mm-hmm. with that, but so, I mean, I, there's a, a, a balance of bringing it to the cross, right? That if I, I mean, cause so many people, I, all right, I get the thing that you're saying a ton of people, they've approached it as I have to stop doing this thing in order to approach God. And mm-hmm. that's totally false. God already knows about the thing and is saying, bring it to me. I'm better than you uh, yeah. and can totally kill this. So if I'm trying to strive to not um, strive on my own to not do a sin, I'm going to fail. Mm-hmm. If I'm striving to be held accountable and to bring my garbage to the cross, then I think that's fine. And I think it's yeah. okay to even text people and say like, hey, I'm in my flesh right now. Y'all need to be praying for me or calling me or something because the struggle's real. Yeah. Um, I think that is part of being in healthy community. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's all tied together. And it's like, that's <laughs> why it's kind of just mm-hmm. so difficult. And even just the process as a whole, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of shows you that you just can't do it on your own. And yeah. It's like, yeah. you cannot do anything without God. Right. And, and it's kind of it's comforting in that sense, mm-hmm. but also, you know, I'm very just want to be in control. Yeah. So it's kind of annoying in that yeah. sense. But I mean, I think there was this. God gives two avenues of of don't be in control, and and we still try and be in control. It's like first bring it to God, and God's like, absolutely, I'll take that. Now get in community. Yeah. It's like no, but that's like I could pretend I was giving it to you. I can't pretend I'm giving it to community. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's fun, isn't it? You know, <laughs> there was this uh, like thing on Facebook I saw. It was really mm-hmm. cheesy, but it did have a good point. And I don't even think that their point is the same one that I'm gonna bring up. But like the way I like to envision <laughs> sanctification, <laughs> have you I'm heard of the site Jesus Daily? <laughs> um, is do you remember them? Are they still around? Sorry, go ahead. I don't know. <laughs> um, is this like big bin full of mm-hmm. like ping pong balls? Mm-hmm. And, like, sanctification is sin and God are kind of, like, mutually tied together. And it's yeah. okay. you pour the water in and they, it's going to 
mm-hmm. overflow and those the sin is just going to disperse mm-hmm. as you pour more God right. per se in. Right. And uh, that's the way I kind of like to envision it is like just those the sin just kind mm-hmm. of will naturally go away. Um, I mean, of course it takes work, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> I'm not going to act like it's easy right. like that, but, um, yeah, it's an oversimplification, but it is somewhat true yeah. as a broad perspective right. of sanctification. That's how I like to look it's, at it. People get mad at a lot of analogies like, no, because, and then they bring up specific things. It's like, I know, dude, it's an analogy for the specific moment here. Yeah. yeah. Our sin is not a ping pong ball. Like that's. The analogy runs yeah. out at some point. It's going to be all right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's been – all right, that has been the struggle, though, and I think part of it is 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 this understanding that um, where sometimes it takes our actions a bit to catch up to our theological understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and oftentimes as a person is growing in faith, there is a massive – inconsistency between a person's theology and a person's um practicality uh right and i i uh i've even talked about i don't know if i ever talked about it on here the the practicality sniff test of theology mm-hmm. of um a person claims a thing either in theology or uh, the, all of us just need to be given a hundred percent a hundred and ten percent of our income to god and I'm like, cool, I get what you're saying. Now let's yeah. filter that through the the practicality sniff test, and it fails immediately. Yeah. I cannot give 110% of my income. Like, <laughs> like I, That's a math thing. I get what you're saying. Reword it. Let's be good. That's um, not – yeah, it's not possible. That's not how percentages work, you know? Yeah. So but, – but there is this, this inconsistency oftentimes between our theology and our – our our behavior that I think mm-hmm. uh, as a church can get really dicey to to yeah it's because because there's so many Christian truisms and kind of tweetable things yeah I mean people claim God is sovereign but I want to control it all like well you know right I mean you know and this comes from like we got this kind of topic from. It was a tweet from who again? We stole a tweet from someone who quoted someone else. All right, no. Um, let me <laughs> uh, let me find. It was JT English, and he was quoting a pastor in this is, LA. This is Danny's uh, favorite favorite person ever. He talks about him all the time, and uh, he's a big fan. <laughs> I mean, I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing smart. with anything you're saying. Yeah, the guy is super smart. Uh-huh. I've listened to like the podcast he's on with you, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, super. Yeah, what is it? Village Church. Village Church with yeah. uh, JT. Uh, sorry, it's their podcast, uh, Knowing Faith, with JT English, mm-hmm. Jen Wilkin, uh, gem of the SBC, who they need to keep very happy because she's amazing, and Kyle. <laughs> Whoa, no, Kyle's great too. Kyle something. Kyle. Sorry, you don't get your last name. Mosaic Church. Anyway, it's a great podcast. Check them out. But um. Uh, JT Pastor English, I don't know, um, had been tweeting. <laughs> he, he's been quoting this guy and said, "Our proclaimed theology is often different than our functional theology, mm-hmm. and just the more we read that, it just, it just kind of the weight of that, it just kind of sat there, just like, right. It, it was immediately convicting, in my opinion, for a yeah. tweet." You know exactly. I mean, like it's so true, mm-hmm. and kind of. Uh, I mean, I think it happens for multiple different reasons, and I don't think that it's always like the same thing per person. But, no, you know, I found growing up in church, for me, it was kind of mm-hmm. that always happens when when you want to fight like fit in, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I gotta have the same theology as these people, mm-hmm. and. Or right. else, you know, I, it's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to fit in. So yeah. I got to proclaim that, yeah. oh, I'm this, this, and this, and I believe this and this, but even though right. I don't internally. And right, and it's such an interesting concept because I, I feel like that's the first time I've ever heard that said. And that's why it was yeah. so, like, convicting. I was yeah. like, whoa, I mean, that's Our, our practical theology, I, so it, it, it asks the question, if I never spoke – 
what theology do my actions proclaim? Right. Um, and, and that is a bummer of a question. Like, I, I don't know how else to put that. That question's a bummer. Uh, I mean, and it's an important thing to ask because yeah. if, if I do think God is over all things, then that should change literally how I approach all things. Um, yeah. And that's, <laughs> I mean, that's a hard one, you know? Yeah. And I think part of it just comes from our, our like earthly perspective on things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I, I love God. Mm-hmm. That is a right. statement that right. I say. And I know to be true. Right. But sometimes internally, like there are days where I'm just like, I'm just not having it. And I got to pray and be like, God, help me love you more. Right. And I mean, and that's like kind of a case, Mm -hmm. I guess, um, is just us being imperfect in our flesh, kind of Mm -hmm. being like severing what we believe. Yeah. And um, that's something I think everyone works through. And then there's... I mean, there's just so many different mm-hmm. reasons that this could happen. That's why yeah. I find it so interesting. I mean, per- personally, I think it's a misordering of the the proclaimed, the felt, and the acted. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they, uh, to me, and I'm going to – they're not even really Greek, but there's orthodoxy. Uh, mm-hmm. Is ortho coming from the Greek prefix, you know, correct? A doxy meaning doxology or – proclaimed spoken kind of thought um yeah in essence uh, there's orthopraxy that's correct action or praxis and, mm-hmm. and there's orthopathy uh correct um kind of feeling and these three things i think post modern culture has gotten these horribly out of order mm-hmm. um because we tend to start on pathy and i'm not saying orthopathy i'm saying we start on my feeling as as the definitive indicator of truth because i can own i i Everything I act on, I feel is true, or I am psychotic. Right. Um, and I don't mean that in an insulting way. I mean that as a as a foundational of action. Mm-hmm. Um, if I act on a thing I think is untrue, then that's crazy. Uh, so people tend to start on pathy, and then push that straight to action, and then and then build action, or then out of action they build the thought and call it orthodoxy. Right. And that's so backwards. Um, Orthodoxy has to come first. The thought, it has to be built on actual true faith or truth. Sorry, Mm -hmm. it has to be based on truth. You can... uh, And that gives us... Shorten that by truth. (laughs) Truth. Um, It it has to be built on truth because truth has to define truth. And if Mm -hmm. a thing is true, it's true, even if I don't feel it's true. But the the feelings I have have to be defined by truth. And then out of those feelings comes a burning passion to do the things of God. That is orthopraxy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think the order in culture is I feel this strong, therefore it must be true and I'll act on it. And that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and has even gotten a fair amount of Christians in trouble because they feel that God wouldn't do blank. Yeah. And because of that, they are creating a God that has taken actual truth out of the equation. And although they claim God is this, their actions are proclaiming another thing entirely. Right. Yeah. I mean, God does care about all people. Absolutely. Now, here are things God finds sinful and against him. And you have to take those things as equal truth because they are both true. Uh Uh-huh. And oftentimes the church has either gone, well... I'll slam people for this or I'll just love people. And it's been a hot mess on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And on I the mean, one side you got people telling everyone they're going to hell. And on the other side, you got people telling everyone they're going to heaven. Both right. of them are wrong. Yeah. I think uh, like, I mean, it's kind of going off what you're saying is it's mm-hmm. important to have to think things through yeah. before you proclaim what you believe. Mm-hmm. And I think this is kind of oftentimes something that is, you know, like putting someone in the ring too early mm-hmm. um, is something that you talk about a lot. And that's kind of, yeah. I feel like this goes along with that. Yeah. It's like we don't have time to think things through. Yeah. And then we put like these younger people on this podium and like it's, 
it's not healthy to their faith. No. Because they're they're still being molded yeah. and they're rock star communicators. What's their theology like? Have they been tested at all? I mean, are they are they consistent? These are questions that don't get brought up as much as they should in mm-hmm. a pastoral setting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's scary. Yeah. But, you know, I think it always goes back and just mm-hmm. <laughs> we're all going to be imperfect. Yeah. I mean, and this is yeah, going to happen right all the time. Right. I mean, and I I've I know I've <clears throat> done this before. I know you've probably done this before. I know you're I know you're a lot more settled in your views now than probably when you were younger. Um but I, am I? I'm, <laughs> no. 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 Really? I'm. No. I'm actually. Gosh, I don't want to say I'm more lazy about them, but like, man, I've talked to some people in their mid twenties who are really geared for a debate, and I'm just like, I just don't care. Like, I like mm-hmm. they've they've been very passionate about, and I'm not trying to you know, poo poo that passion, but it's just like poo poo. I just don't feel as if the importance of the minute topic that they're coming down hard on is as important as they feel. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it could be that. Like there are just a couple times they were trying to draw something out of me and I was like, yeah, I just don't. Yeah. I got to have dinner later and I don't want to like <laughs> still be here emotionally. Right. Um, I mean, I know the things I hold and I, I hold to the primary doctrines I'll make time to fight for those. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. If yeah. someone comes up and says, like, I don't think Christ is fully defined. Let's go! Right. <laughs> Clear my schedule. We're doing this today. Um, and I mean, I'll hammer those. They mm-hmm. want to get into those. But if they're just like, uh, I I want to debate the age of the earth. Well, I don't. Like, I really don't. I'm like, yeah. all right, I'll just ask God when we get there. I think that's the most appropriate answer. Is like, can we just ask God in eternity? Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's stuff like know. that that just doesn't matter. But I'm I'm open to. There have been a few th- uh, things I'm still kind of like thinking through, and mm-hmm. in, in figuring out the the way I think about them. I mean, over the past, right? When was that? It was like August of last a year. I probably became a bit more Calvinist because I studied grace a bit harder. Right. I'm still not taking the title because of reasons we've thoroughly talked about on this podcast. Um, yeah. But if I do think God is sovereign over all things, that does actually affect how I view my role in the process of salvation. Yeah. Um. And so, so theology does affect that because how could it not? Right. If if God is over all creation, well, then how am I? being a steward of God's creation mm-hmm. now right. as an emissary of Christ in the world. Yeah, I, that's uh, it's definitely true. And, I mean, I think sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes it is fine to to not have everything figured out. Yeah. I think the main things, like you said, are primary doctrine. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone's pretty quick to be like, yeah, I mean, like, some. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say yeah. anything, but still uh, get a few. Most people. Uh that's not universal, but most people right. <laughs> uh are pretty quick to be like, Okay, yeah. Um Jesus died for my sins and like he is the savior mm-hmm. and he is God, but man at the same time. Right. And like all these different things. Uh and if I don't give him my best. Nope, you lost me. You got <laughs> it. <laughs> we out deuces. <laughs> and like Sometimes it's fine to figure – like I said, like I'm mm-hmm. still figuring stuff out. Yeah. And, but I think it's important to be genuine. Right. And to – like I keep on cutting myself off, but I have this new thought every time. But like you said, Calvinism, um, like I would call myself Calvinist even though I'm still working through some of those things um, because I have this feeling that like some of the, the things are true. Mm-hmm. But I'm still working through it, but it's not like I should be like – you should be genuine about that. Like mm-hmm. when I say I'm a Calvinist, I shouldn't be like I believe all these things mm-hmm. solid 100% when I really don't. Like right. it's okay to be um, like unconfirmed in what you believe. Right. And I think more people need to be 
more genuine about that. Like when, right. when well, approached I, about a topic, it's okay to be like, like you were saying, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really know. And I'm yeah. just going to leave it to God on that one. Uh, personally, I think being, it is important to be real about it, mm-hmm. but also be teachable about it. Um, right. Because truth doesn't originate with us. Mm-hmm. Um, truth comes out of God, and there are people that have devoted time and energy to to pursue the truth of God in order to teach others. And if I can't be taught by them, then I've just created a God of myself. Right. Um, and and I don't. I'm, I'm not trying to say pliable, pliable with discernment. Uh, can I say that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if I, I, I need to be honest, but also I need to be willing to be corrected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there have been plenty of times I've, I've been put through that. Actually, yeah. I, had a, I had a professor, he was a, th- a theology, a one professor. Um, he, I turned in a, a 10 page paper or something, mm-hmm. had a lot of fun going through it. I think I still have it in here somewhere. Um, somewhere I'm, in here. I'm, I made graphics for it. I was so pumped to be doing this paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and my professor wrote so much. On, I think he wrote more notes on my paper than I wrote in my paper. Yeah. Um, just like this, this. And I saw him at a point in there, he either had to take a break, go to sleep, or change pens because the red ink got whiter and whiter and then at some point, it was back to hard red again. Yeah. So it was like he needed a break, he needed coffee, like, what is happening? I, and 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 he just gave the counterpoint to everything in there and things I hadn't thought of that I had to think about if I was going to pursue this thought any further. And then it, and he always put the grade at the end, so you actually had to get through the comments to get to it. And I'm like, that's garbage, but all right. Um, and, and still got a 91 on the paper, but it didn't feel... It was so challenging. It didn't feel like an A. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's like I have a lot to think about even though when I turned in the paper, I was confident. At the end, I needed to be a bit humbled to say, I don't know. Um, I know some things and I need Mm -hmm. to be able to explore other things and other perspectives under the umbrella of Orthodox Christian faith. Mm -hmm. By Orthodox, I mean correct thinking and not Eastern Russia. Right. I mean, I think that that's, that's super important. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's convicting to me. Like, yeah, especially, you know, there is the school that I went to during high school, classical mm-hmm. conversations. I mean, mm-hmm. it was good about, about that. But like, the thing is like, everyone is so smart mm-hmm. in there and like, so firm in what they believe. Yeah, And it, it was fun to challenge right. each other. But like, you know, there's there's times where, <clears throat> you know, mm. it's time to just be teachable. Yeah. And and that's kind of my one – I mean, my mom's going to kill me if she listens to this. <laughs> my one, uh, like, gripe was that, like, everyone is teachable and except for some things, you know. And it was like their theology, I think, was the right. main thing. Right. Is it was more acceptable to debate than to, like, actually listen and learn. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think that you know, there's well, debate's a long-term strategy. It's a right. No one changes their mind in debate. I've never seen a person mid way through the debate go, blew my mind. That guy. That like I've yeah. never, I've never seen it. I've never seen it happen. Right. Yeah. And and I'd there's things eat where my shirt. If some guy went, nah, that's a real good point. You know. <laughs> and debate teaches yeah. good things. Like you do yeah. have to listen to debate well. Right. But you're not listening. To change your own views, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. To disagree, and yeah. like that's what I'm trying to say. It's like there's there's a difference in the type of listening. Yeah, and I mean I think it just comes with age. Like, yeah, all yeah, of us. I, I have gonna... noticed that like my friends, uh-huh. as we you know grow older. I mean I'm, we're only a year out of high school, but right. yeah, <laughs> you know there's this more acceptable, you know, just kind of talking to mm-hmm. just talk and not debate and yeah. just kind of explain and talk about views on mm-hmm. things and know that like you're not mm-hmm. always right. Yeah. And I mean I think that that's why I've yeah. found myself dipping into Calvinism is yeah. like when I first <laughs> was listening to all these things I'm like, oh no. 
Cal- that's Calvinism not true. does take the pressure off of having to be right all the time because you just get to go, I don't know, God's sovereign a lot. And but I do like, appreciate it for that reason. Before before I was like <laughs> oh, God, Calvinist God. per se. I hate yeah. I hate the word Calvin. And I think you, you've kind of yeah. made me think that. It's kind of annoying. But I'm just going to use it because you know what I'm saying. If it's true, it's true. Just let it be true. Just call it Christianity at that point. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I'll get the soapbox like, next episode. When I was first introduced to it, I was like, ah, no. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all, that's all bull crap. Sorry. But, you know. <laughs> 54. <Bleep. laughs> um. And, you know, mainly because it took all of the control out of my hands. Yeah. And I didn't like that. Yeah. And, like, slowly but surely it just, like, started <clears throat> eating away. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And then I'm like, what if what if that is true? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and yeah. I'm still working through it, like I said before. I, but I will say, you know, just based on a thing that you brought up, as, as a person that has – um. You know, a bit of my church history, and I think we're going to get into this more next episode, too. Like, I taught my first class at 12 uh, or 11, 10, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I've was i been in church ministry since I've been 10. Um, so I, I've, I've been on college staff. I was then a youth pastor, all these things, and now I'm old. Stop. Full stop. <laughs> now I'm old. Um, and, and I've watched me grow and then a decade after that watch people in a similar situation grow um where they spoke very emphatically and strongly Mm -hmm. and they were in their early to mid 20s um and i know we even talked about this the early uh the late teens early 20s you get a taste of authority and you just you feel on top of the world and you speak very definitively and just at some point, you kind of go like, I just don't care. Like, you just, like, is yeah. this, you know, I have to fight every battle. And then as you get older, you're like, I only have so many battles I can fight. And, and, right. Um, and, and part of that is, it's kind of the jokes about the uh, um, first year Bible college students. That's just people between 18 and 22. They're very firm in the thing that they don't have a lot of clue about. I've had people try and debate me, mm-hmm. pull me into things. Not you. You're beautiful. You're beautiful and the best. I um, doubt that's true. <laughs> uh, I know I've tried to debate you before. <laughs> uh, no, you're not the one I'm thinking of, though. Like, I had some guy who, who openly told his small group, there's a lot of Danny Burton's theology I, I just disagree with. And I'm like, first of all, I'll do it to my face. <laughs> like, like, first of all, all right. Second of all, which parts? <laughs> you know, like, do you want to do it? Do you want to go? But I just... Dang, you got named. I, I never engaged it because it was just like, I just don't... Sure, God bless him and what he's doing. If he wants to do that, that's fine. Um, right. It just, over time, I think there's a, a maturity that comes over time of, of, of bringing things... I know to be true and actions into alignment um, that just occurs over time because you're not a perfect Christian straight out the spiritual womb. Right. I haven't decided if that's deep or gross. I think <laughs> is that a deep statement or a gross statement. <laughs> gross. <laughs> a little bit of both. Um, <laughs> Buy that on our t-shirt on our website. I mean, I think you bring up a good point and I think that's, I find myself mm-hmm. – um, I was talking to one of my friends from high school, and I don't really you know, get to see them or hang out with them that much mm-hmm. just because everyone kind of left town and uh, <gasps> for college and yeah. stuff like that. And like I've noticed that I don't really have any friends my age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that that's part of uh, – they're older. Let, let me clarify, not like younger, but that's part of my reasoning – like subconsciously is Mm -hmm. that I learn so much more from people who are older than me and can like observe. I'm sorry. That was the turnish (laughs) thing I could say. I mean, it's true. Like I do, I learn Mm -hmm. a lot from you and I feel like I'm going to be able to avoid a lot of things due to learning stuff that people have been through. And I'm kind of like a special case just because I don't know. I don't know why I enjoy hanging out with people who are older mm-hmm. than me. Like, I'm 19, and the people I hang out with are, like, the mm-hmm. age of 26 to 30. Right. <laughs> it's kind of weird. 
to like say out loud. But thank you for thinking I'm between the ages of 26 and 30. I'll pay you later. I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> no, no, no. Yes, 30. Um, but and it's I learn a lot more, mm-hmm. and that sounds like kind of like I'm just have these relationships right. to steal all the tips and tricks of life but i mean no 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 no. but here's the thing for anyone that's between you know 18 and 25 find yourself someone who's been through it because mm-hmm. they want to tell you i mean right because evan and i talk all the time because like, i have bible questions i'm like cool I'll cancel my day let's totally do it if, if yeah if there's ever bible questions that you're texting over i'll call because i'll be like i'm so excited right we w- w- want to share this generational aspect of community by mm-hmm. just saying like these are things i've grown in and here they are you can disagree which is totally fine but you got to disagree biblically or or through scripture through truth but we w- want that to happen i think right. if too many people between 18 and 25 get in a room together it's just too much i love you too much stupidity in one room um you have to (laughs) balance that out by by generational (laughs) you have to balance that out in a generational community that comes together i 100 percent agree i 100 percent agree i mean i find that i there's times to hang out with people your age yeah but if that's all you're doing you're just gonna be stupid right i'm sorry to say it you're just going to be stupid. it's called groupthink and it's largely frowned upon in all communities it's i mean it's literally (laughs) yeah yes yeah um and i i think that it is important like with my discipleship group it's like a huge age Mm -hmm. range from like 42 i like just joined i like i'm already calling it my discipleship group yeah man um but it's like huge age range Mm -hmm. um from people like I mean, I think I'm the youngest one in there, but <laughs> once again. Um, Find yourself that old wise dude in the church right. and just shut up and like let that man speak. Yeah, and it's I important. I was a Christian during the Depression. Cool, tell me everything. Like I want – and I'm not – I don't mean that derogatorily or that accent regardless of what it sounds like. <laughs> like I want to know your – can I have your brain, please? Yeah. And it's not only important, kind of like wrapping it back into our actual topic that we got way off track we? on. We um, have notes. We don't use them. You know, like, it is, that's kind of been super helpful mm-hmm. to me to figure out what I believe mm-hmm. and to find places that it's okay to state what you believe even mm-hmm. when it's not a full thought. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, places where it's not going to harm somebody mm-hmm. and... You know, yeah, it's important. Just find someone right. older than you and right. talk to them. I all right. I'll bring up one and then and then we'll close. Uh, <laughs> I'll bring up one thing. I, as I was exploring theology very early on, that I got immediately corrected by someone because mm-hmm. I was thinking through. Uh, I was watching a lot of anime at the time too. This will all make sense in a moment. Where I I was thinking of of well, so I was trying to understand the devil. Uh, mm-hmm. And in his connection to God, and I was thinking, it's like it's this battle between Jesus and the devil, which is not true. Um, it's not a battle. If Jesus can beat him in a word, you know, I am. <laughs> uh, not really a battle, but to say it's like, wow, that's it's kind of as if he's battling his brother in this head-to-head type thing. And I was texting a person who said, like, only begotten son. I'm like, that's right. Yeah, oh, only the one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Immediately brought that back, and I'm like, yeah, no, that's an anime plot where it's like, yes, brother, we finally found each other again. Like, that's an anime <laughs> yeah. plot. And I was like, okay, yeah, that doesn't apply here. Good. And right. now, uh, to my current employer, that was very early on. I was in my early 20s, and it was just a fun thought. It lasted six minutes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, no, I mean, I still get corrected on stuff, too, which is totally mm-hmm. fine. So. Um, so Matthew, yeah, well, did we answer your question? I, I don't know. Yeah. I think we did. That's Whatever. kind of like every every episode did we, we actually... have a question. We're just like, did we answer that? Should you send less? Probably. So get on it. Um, no, yeah, I'm you sorry. sinner. That's not the, quit sinning. That's not the sinner. lesson of this at all. Uh, <laughs> get on it is literally the exact opposite of everything we said. Um, chop chop. If anyone else has questions that we will do our best to answer, uh, please feel free to go to thegospelpost.com slash nobody special. There's yes. a form at the bottom to fill out, say hi, ask Bible question or advice. Mm-hmm. You can um, also follow us on at the nobody 
No. On Nobody Facebook special and Instagram. Podcast. No. Uh, right? Is that right? Nobody special podcast on yes. Facebook and Instagram. Right there. Yep. You can see it if you're watching YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, follow us there, and you can also DM us there if you want to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, audio comes out on iTunes, wherever else you're getting po- podcasts, or mm-hmm. a YouTube the following Tuesday. Um, we're also on Spotify and other things that shan't be named. Uh, we can't say it. And if we, we do, want we to have to it. get a face tattoo. We have tattoo. to get face tattoos. That's the running gag. Yes. Um, gosh, we're going to come in with face tattoos one episode. Oh, gosh. Just anyway. post Malone it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> going exactly where my head was at. <laughs> I was like, don't say post Malone. Caleb will say it. Like, got it. So, well, Caleb, I think that is going to do it for us today. Mm-hmm. I'm Danny. And I'm Caleb. And we are... Nobody's Nobody special. special.